Well, good morning. I think I heard two people. Good morning. There we go. A few people are awake. Did you guys survive the rain? Ride your canoes here this morning. Over the last probably five years, I would say, is about five years ago is, is when the Lord saved me. And, and in that short amount of time, um, he began to do this amazing work in my life. Um, Troy and Cherie Hall, who were just up here, and they're talking about going to one of the deadliest nations in the world. That is, man, that is one of the heartbeats, uh, or it's one of the driving forces of my life. It is, it is one of my passions. If you read Revelation 7, and we see the end, we see people from every tongue, tribe, and people group sending, uh, sending bowing before the Lord and giving Him worship. And we had the perspectives class that was held uh, held here this last semester, and I think there's a lot of people in our church who really got that passion. They caught, man, we are supposed to go to the nations and unreach people groups, people who have never heard the name of Jesus Christ. And that's our focus, and I love it. That's, that's a huge reason of why uh, my wife and I are here at, uh, at, Gro- at Grace Point. Um, in the last three years, God has really shifted um, my main focus. I think that, that reaching the nations will always be a huge part of my life. Um, but over the last three years, God has done a really big work in my life and in my wife's life um, that I never saw coming. We thought the plan was for us to be in West Africa um, planting churches, and you know whether it was in Mali or another country, and, and working with unreached people groups. But again, about three years ago, I was, um, I was working. I had a job. I was a full-time student, but I was involved in a job where I had an opportunity to, to kind of step up, step up the ranks, make pretty good money, um, you know, kind of have a name for myself, which, you know, we all kind of like. That's always a good thing. Um, but in the middle uh, of that, the Lord took me to a place in, uh, in northwest Arkansas, excuse me, in, in East Rogers, over that way. And uh, the reason for that was really unknown for us at that time. Um, I took a tremendous um, cut in pay. Um, Again, had no idea why we were there, and we're just going, God, what do you do? And I could, I could barely support my wife. I mean, she's, you know, this is right when we got married. It's like you're supposed to be the one taking care of your wife, and it was we were going, God, what are you doing? Um, the Lord placed me in the Boys and Girls Club, which is an after-school program where you're working with with the children who come, and um, that was a, a new experience for me. But I, I knew that God had called me to be there, and after about two months of working there. Um, I just I kind of took a step back, and I, and I said, Lord, what what are you doing? What what what's the plan here? What's the game? And, and as I stepped back, um, I began to look at at relationships that I had built um, with some of the kids. I'd looked at relationships that I had built with parents, with teachers, with principals, with with all these different people. As I looked a little deeper, I began to look at. At, at broken homes, in some of the most messed up homes that you can imagine, um, over or it was around 50% of the kids that I was working with had at least one parent that was incarcerated. They have programs in, in the Boys and Girls Club that um, that are used to to raise up uh, little boys and little girls to be men and women of God. And and the stat that that I was told while I was there was that for every 12 kid. Every 12 kids that go into one of those classrooms, seven of them had been sexually or physically abused. As I met with the parents and they would come and they were, um, a lot of them were 
were drunk or, or messed up on drugs when they would pick their kids up. There were many, many times where we were having to call the cops and say, listen, man, this kid's not going home with these parents because they're screwed up. Then I took an even bigger step back and I, and I got outside of my workplace and I began to look at East Rogers and I began to look at what was going on in the community because I was at that time I was standing there and I was going, God, why? Why am I here? I mean, I, I know people are messed up, but I can't just within the Boys and Girls Club. I can't fix what's going on here. And then I look into the community and, and I was watching as, as churches began to leave. As there kind of began to be an exodus of churches, get closer to 540, this is where the people are moving, kind of where the money is. Um, and, and I understand that to a certain point, but at the same time, I'm, my perspective of what I was seeing, I was going, it, it didn't make any sense. And there's, there's still churches that are down there, and they're doing their thing, and it's good, and, and God is working, and, and, and God bless them. But just from my perspective, what I saw at the same time, it had one of the communities in this area has the highest crime rate of any community in northwest Arkansas. Atheist groups have begun to move into the area where they're meeting weekly. And I was going, God, what is going on? Why why am I here? What's my role? And God called me back to one of the, the, the basic truths of, of the Bible. And for some of you guys, this is going to be really simple. You've heard this your whole life. And you go, man, I, you know, I know what the plan is. Matthew 28, 19, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to obey all things. But here's the thing. If, we, if we're not on board with what God's doing, one, we're going to be a really bored and dead Christian, most likely. And that's what I saw when I first came to know the Lord. People were not a part of the plan. Matthew 28:19 the plan this is when God handed the handed the baton to individuals to people and he said listen if you are a follower of me it is now in your court to fulfill, to fulfill the plan of making disciples of reaching people for Jesus Christ Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5 that we are Christ's ambassadors we are his representatives we are a picture of him while we're here on earth and so as the Lord kind of brought me back to that he's like man the plan is you not, not necessarily me in particular, but it's the plan is people. The plan is followers of Jesus. And then as I began to read and you, and you look as, you know, the Lord hands the baton off to him in the Great Commission. And then he says, but wait, he said, you are not going to be able to do this on your own. It's going to be impossible. Look at the task. Look at the task. Look at the nations. Look at your community. Look at your area. It's impossible. Wait for me. I'm going to send somebody. I'm going to send a counselor. I'm going to send a helper. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And the next thing you know, the disciples, they're waiting, they're praying. And, and Peter, one of the most screwed up dudes to follow Jesus ever, stands up, empowered by the Holy Spirit, preaches the name of Jesus Christ. And 3,000 people say, I want to follow Jesus. The people ask, well, what do we do now? What, what do we do now? Peter says, man, you've got to repent and be baptized. So the people, they repent, they turn from their ways, they turn to Jesus. They're baptized for two reasons. One, to show the world I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Romans 6 paints a really cool picture of, of what baptism is. And then, but it's also, they were baptized into a community. They were baptized into a family of believers, of people just like you and me. And when they saw him baptized, they said, come here. And they scooped him up and they brought him in and they taught him and they trained him in the ways of the Lord. The church. You see that in Acts 2, 42 through 47, where the church is established and people come together. And from that point, from the health within, where they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, uh, to prayer, to communion, and to fellowship, from the health that came within, they went out and they changed the world. You see, the plan is the Great Commission. The plan is to go and make disciples of all nations, but the tool 
that God established to fulfill that plan is the church. It's us. It's you. And it's me. Um, if you were here a couple weeks ago, you heard Mike talk about um, some things that the Lord was leading us to do. Uh, and, and that involves me, and praise the Lord for that. But um, we see an area in northwest Arkansas, 15, 15-20-minute drive that way in East Rogers, where there are people that are hurting. There are people without hope. There's people without the answer, what we sing about today. And it is the church's responsibility. If we are on God's plan, it is the church's responsibility to go where they are, to go to where they are, and reach them. God has burdened Mike's heart. He's burdened my heart, the staff, the trustees, the deacons here at the church, that, man, we're supposed to take the church to the people. As I've been going through this, I've kind of been on the front lines, and I've been going, Lord, do you see what this is going to I mean, this, this is going it's, to, it's big. This is a big thing. Financially, it's big. The cost is big. The call is big. Everything. I've been going, man, is this even worth it? Honestly, my heart, I'd be okay with going to West Africa and going over there and planting churches. That's where I'm at. But God's kind of called us here. I've been going, what is the outcome? I mean, sometimes you just got to see the end. You know, you got to see the end result of what that looks like to really just, you know, to buy in. Maybe that's a lack of faith or what on my end. But I said, God, what's the outcome? The outcome is change lives. When a church goes into a community, a new church, just like the church in Acts 2:42 through 47, the result is changed lives, and you see it all through the Bible. One of my favorite stories. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Acts 3, Acts 3:1. This is the the first story after after the church is established. I mean, again, I was going, God, what is the outcome? What is we're going to take the church to the people? I mean, we're going to financially, we're going to you know, it's going to cost us all these things, all these people. We're going to be taking some people from here over there to help start this thing. But what is the outcome? And the answer is in Acts 3, 1 through 10. And it's a story of one person's life. It's not a story of an entire community, but a story of one person's life and how the gospel, when the church started, when a new church started, how God used it. Acts 3, starting in verse 1. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer. The ninth hour. That's about three o'clock in the afternoon. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. Verse 8, and leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. The result of the new church was changed lives. When a new church goes into community, I got three points, and we're going to have to go through these really fast. When a new church goes into a community, what happens? First point is they have an outward focus. And you see that, you see that in verse 4. Here's the thing is Peter and John, two leaders of the new church, the church is established. Um, they're meeting in small groups. They're meeting at the temple. Peter and John, they're walking to the temple to pray. 
And here, here's what you see. And the, the reason that this is called the beautiful gate, that's, that's where they're going. They're about to walk through the beautiful gate. Is This is the most glorious, and I'll say this kind of the most glorious church building that you, that you probably have ever seen and will ever see. This beautiful gate is 75 feet tall, 50 feet wide, a monstrosity, just huge. And it's covered in pure gold. Around the outsides of this gate are leafy vines that are covered in bronze. And you can imagine at 3 o'clock in the afternoon what that looks like when the sun is just beaming down on this thing. I mean, it's, it's magnificent. It's unlike any church or any other building you've ever seen. And so Peter and John are walking up, and you know what they see? They're not looking at the church building. They're not looking at the temple. They're not looking at this gate. They're not looking at this man-made thing. They're looking at the people. When a new church goes into a community, their focus is on the outside. Tim Keller, who is a, um, a pastor but also kind of a church-planting strategist, says when a new church goes into a community, they reach six to eight times the amount of unchurched people. Six to eight times. And the biggest reason why, he says, because their focus isn't on this. Their focus isn't on the show. And that's not, hey, listen, that's not what we're trying to do. We're not trying to put on a show for people. That's not it at all. But, but when you start a new church, the focus is, man, let's go into an area. Let's, let's do something. Let's look at the people. Who's hurting? And that is the heart. Is, as we're talking and we're looking at East Rogers, it's not, hey, let's go start another Grace Point church. Let's go put another building up. Let's go get another show. Our heart is the people. And if you could go down there with me one day, I would walk around and I would show you people who are hurting, who need Jesus more than anyone that you've ever seen, caught up in drugs, in alcohol, just in being messed up and not knowing any better. The reason that we want to take Grace Point Church to where the people are is because so we see them, we see the need. Point number two, when a new church goes into a community, they lift the broken and the needy. If, if you look at verse 7. But Peter said, I have no silver, or starting in verse 6, but Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, and he raised him up. And immediately his feet and his, ankle, and his ankles were strong. Listen, I'm guessing that this guy was pretty nasty looking. I don't know if you guys have ever seen anybody who's just really jacked up and, and, and handicapped. There was a time in Mali, I remember we were driving down the road, and I was sitting in the bus, and this guy came walking up to me, and he was blind and messed up, and he, his legs were just all bowed, and I remember just, I, I could barely even stand to look at it. It was the first, time, first and only time in my life where I saw a person that I could barely even stand to look at. And I thought, and as, as we're driving away, I just thought, man, my heart is so messed up. I'm looking at the person's at what they look like physically rather than, than what's in their heart. And then I, I look at this and I go, Peter and John, their, their focus wasn't on, on their building. Their focus was on this man and he was broken and he was hurting and he was needy and they weren't afraid to touch him. You see, it's one thing. You can look at a need all you want. You can have an outward focus. You can do that all you want. But if you don't touch someone, if you don't step into their lives and you, help, and you don't help them, then it's all for nothing. What good is it to see and not do anything? 39 of the 40 miracles that happened in the book of Acts. This is crazy. 39 of the 40 miracles that happened in the book of Acts happened outside in the community. They didn't happen in the church. They didn't happen in the temple. They didn't happen within small groups. They happened out there. And if all we do is we do this and we say, hey, come here on Sunday mornings. Watch what's going on. Seeing, seeing, 
you know, see the people who come in and say hi. If all we do is we go down to East Rogers and we put up a building and we stand outside and wave, people, wave at people as they drive by, it's pointless. We might as well stay here. It's not even worth it. Our heart so much is to be more than just a church building. It's more than just a, hey, here's a Saturday night service come to. Hope it works out for you. Our heart is to be a presence in the community. That's what the church was. The church in the New Testament, it wasn't just this, hey, let's get together on Sundays kind of thing. They were a presence. They were a force to be reckoned with. And they stepped into people's lives who were jacked up and screwed up, and they made a difference by the power of Jesus Christ. That's what I want to be a part of so much. That's what I want to be a part of. Last point. When a new church steps into a community, it meets their spiritual needs. Look at verse 8. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple, asking for alms, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened. You know, one of the things, if there's anything that I've learned in, in the very short time that I've been a believer, is if you, if you meet someone's physical needs, they'll let you meet their spiritual needs. If you meet someone's physical needs, a lot of the time they'll let you meet their spiritual needs. It's not just walking up to somebody and saying, hey, man, I know Jesus. You want to know Jesus? And that, listen, there is a time for that. But this story right here shows the church. It shows when they stepped into somebody's life who was broken and hurting and needing, and they lifted him up. And listen, the very first place that this dude went with him, the crippled beggar, was to the temple. It wasn't to McDonald's. It wasn't to Hardee's. It wasn't to the bowling alley. To the temple. That's not a coincidence. God has called the church to be more than just the four walls on Sunday. And we know that. You guys hear that from Mike all the time. We preach it. We sing it. We do it. We live it around here. It's a lifestyle. But, man, listen, here, here's where we're at. And I'm, I'm probably just repeating the same thing over and over. But, but we see a community in northwest Arkansas that is hurting and that is in need. Jared, you guys can go ahead and come back up. That is and. It is the church. Listen, we look back at the plan where God has handed the baton off to the people. He's handed it off. He said, listen, the plan, the plan is for you. Listen, Jesus is the answer, but I'm handing it to you. Are you going to take it and run with it? And the tool that he established to fulfill the Great Commission is the church. It's us. It's us. How bad would it be for us to see what's going on? In East Rogers, where churches are leaving, the needs are grading. Listen, if you ask me, a year ago, there needed to be a healthy, vibrant, missional church there. The need's there. It's not even a question. The question is, are we going to go? Are we going to go? As, as we kind of step forward in this, our plan is it's not for me to just go over there and start, and start another church. We want to take the church to the people. We want to take what God has blessed us with. Grace Point Church, we want to take the name, the DNA, our missions, our values, our people, our budget, our finances, everything that we have, everything that we are here, we want to be a part of that. And we're going to be working together. It's a multi-site church is what it's called. Under the leadership and direction of Mike, with me being the campus pastor, man, our heart is it's burning for it. 
It's not just, hey, let's try to be, let's try to play this other game. Let's go start another church and we'll make Grace Point's name real big. Listen, this is for the name of Jesus Christ to be exalted in northwest Arkansas, to reach the broken and the needy. Do you want to be a part of that? If you are a member of Grace Point Church, I 100% with everything believe that you are supposed to be a part of that. It's not just me. I'm not just going. Are you going to go? Listen, we're looking for 15 to 20 families right now who say, man, I want to go. Not just want to go, feel called to go. By, by the calling of God, have put it in their heart and said, man, let's go. Let's make a difference. We're looking for people to stay. I mean, listen, if, if there is anything, just like uh, I believe Troy and Shree Hall said, if this thing isn't birthed out of prayer, which is, where, which is completely where it started, but if it doesn't continue in prayer, I'd rather stay here because it's going to be it's going to be dangerous. It's going to be messy. We're stepping into people's lives who need Jesus. We need people financially to give. It's going to cost. The cost is high. This is our heart. It's our burden. It's listen right now. This is the driving force of my life. It, God has so burdened my heart for these people that man, I, I can't do it by myself. I know I can't. I need you. We need you. That listen, those people need you. As we go forward, I just want to want to pray and just ask you, as we're going forward in this, I mean, we believe this is what God's called us to do. What is your role? What has God called you to do? How has he called you to be a part of this? Just as much as God is the God over Bentonville, Arkansas, and God over this place is also the God over Rogers, Arkansas, over the high schools, the schools, middle schools, elementary schools, the people who are down there. What is your role? Just ask, man, just be open. This is, this is, listen, this isn't what I intended. I thought I was going to be in a, on another continent telling people about Jesus. And for whatever reason, God called me here. He called my wife here, and we're saying, yes, we're stepping out. I don't know what it looks like, but God does, and that's cool. Will you pray with me?